Amen. Exodus chapter number five. We're going to just read verses one and two. It's going to be up here on the screen. And it reads, and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. I'm going to speak here just for a few moments on a subject that the Lord dropped in my heart weeks ago, and that is the spirit of Ramses. The spirit of Ramses. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be with me. Help me, O oh God, to speak the word with power and with understanding. I pray, Lord God, that you will have your way in this place. I pray, Jesus, that every person that filled out one of those index cards, whether it's this morning or tonight, that they would think sincerely about their sacrifice unto you and their giving that is radical. I pray, God, that we will be radical in our worship, radical, Lord God, in our submission unto you. Help us, Lord, as we go to another level in you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, now this is your church. These are your people. We are your sheep, and I am your vessel. So help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. If you're ready to receive the word, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. You may be seated. I have a picture here that's going to come up on the screen here. Um, and this image here is uh, ancient Egypt's ruler, Ramses II. You can leave that picture up there just for a few moments, and I'll, I'll tell you when to take it down, please. But this picture here has, this image has come to life in new detail. And there's an article I was reading, and it goes a little like this. Ancient Egypt's ruler, Ramses II has come to life in new detail images created by what they call CT software that allows accurate facial reconstruction. It goes on to say in this article, in a joint scientific project led by researchers from Egypt and England, the mummy of Ramses II was digitally unwrapped, allowing historians to observe the famous pharaoh at the time of his death. Now, the time of his death was at the age of 90. Now, this image that you see here up on the screen is supposed to be his image as they kind of reverse it. They're able to take that, that image at the age of 90 and reverse it back. And then they took it back to where they say this is what he possibly could have looked like at the age of 45. I say, well, if you just would have got on Snapchat or, or any other social media or TikTok or Instagram, they could have put a lot of filters on there and made him look any way that he wanted to look. But this is what they did, and they reversed it back, and they say this is what he would have looked like at the age of 45. Ramses was looked upon and declared a god in Egypt. He feared no one. He ruled for 66 years. 
He became Pharaoh at the age of 24. Not only is he known for restoring Egypt, but also known as having the greatest empire and building the greatest monuments. Known as Ramses the Great. The article goes on to say and speak on this Ramses. It goes on to say he constructed a temple that took roughly 20 years to complete. And this temple was dedicated to none other than himself. He constructed a total of six temples. But one that took the longest was the one that was dedicated to himself and to maintain his legacy. He also built a large mortuary complex, called it the Ramsian, created and devoted for the preservation of his memory as a living God. It is this Ramses that you see here that is said to be the Pharaoh that Moses stood before. And as I begin to study this and the Lord began to drop this in my heart, the Lord spoke to me very simple words. He said, in this last day, you will face the spirit of Ramses because we must understand that people die, but the spirit does not die. So we can deal with something years, decades, centuries ago that person may be gone, but the spirit that was in that person continues to live on. And he said that you will face this spirit in this day. Look what the Bible says now. Let's go to the word of God, Exodus chapter number six, starting at verse number one. It says, then the Lord said unto Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah and if you understand your history and your Hebrew the word Jehovah there is Yahweh I have come to you by my name Jehovah or Yahweh because I was not known unto them as my name Jehovah all they knew me as was God Almighty your forefathers didn't know my name Moses but I'm going to reveal to you my name that is something very unique and special that as God shows Moses and begins to tell him what he's going to do in the face of Pharaoh and then he says I'm going to place my name on you because we must understand people of God that we are people of the name that is what separates you and I from every other unbeliever that does not trust in the name of Jesus Christ we must understand that Paul reminds us in the New Testament he tells the New Testament church that we cannot forget where we come from he says some of you were fornicators some of you were idolaters some of you were adulterers some of you were effeminate nor abusers of 
themselves with mankind, meaning homosexuals. Some of you were thieves. Some of you used to be drunkards. Some of you used to be revilers. But he says, you're not like that no more because now you have been sanctified. You have been washed, sanctified, and justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus. We are people of the name and so no matter what your past used to be when you've been washed in the name of Jesus Christ people cannot hold you down based off your past you can call me what I used to be but now I've got the name applied to my life so you can look at me one way but Jesus sees me another way how many are thankful that you are a people of the name Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, so every day you wake up, you ought to apply and remind yourself that you are a people of the name and that no one can take that away from you because what God has given you no man can take that away from you once God has given it to you it is yours and it's up to you to stick with the name that's why we pray in the name that's why we believe in the name that's why we call on the name when we are praying for our dear friend brother Greg if you need prayer in here today we're going to pray in the name of Jesus Christ when we before we eat our food we pray in the name of Jesus Christ everything we do whether it be in word or in deed we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and that's why when we baptize we baptize in that name because it's in the name that washes the sins away I'm thankful to be a people of the name now we understand the story of Moses here we understand the story of Moses and Aaron and as they stand before Pharaoh I believe I have a slide here with many of the plagues that are going to be shown up here on the screen and so we must understand here uh, these plagues and as they went through because many people are taught incorrectly and so I want to make sure that you all here in this church are taught correctly on how the plagues worked out so that means the blood was the first plague, meaning they turned the water, the river, into blood. Now, we must understand something here, that when Pharaoh and Aaron did, uh, uh, they turned the water into blood, the magicians that worked for Pharaoh, that were hired by Pharaoh, did their enchantments, and they also turned the water into blood. Now, many people don't have that understanding, but you must understand that they were also able to duplicate the same thing. And then also you move to the next plague, the frogs. The Bible lets us know that God called frogs to come up and it covered the land of Egypt. Well, you need to know that Pharaoh's magicians were able to produce frogs as well. Many people don't understand that and they're taught incorrectly. But the blood was able to be duplicated. Frogs were able to be duplicated. But then when you get to the third plague, there is a shift. There is a change that takes place. The third plague is lice. And the Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter number 8 verse number 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the lamb that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. 
They did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt, and the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could, everyone say, not. So there was lice upon man and upon beast. Then the musician said unto Pharaoh, hey, this is the finger of God. So Pharaoh, of course, gets upset. They were able to duplicate the blood. They were able to duplicate the frogs, but they were not able to duplicate the lice. And then there on after. Now, this is important to understand this because many people are taught incorrectly, if I can go a little bit further in this matter. Many people say, well, the plagues only happen to the people of Pharaoh, the Egyptians, and they did not happen to God's people. That is not true, my friend. That is not true. We must understand that there were plagues that happened to everyone, no matter what side you were on. And so this is important to understand because many of us have a difficult time wondering why we go through certain situations when we are believers and we shouldn't be going through what we're going through. No, my friend, being a believer in Jesus does not exempt you from problem. It does not exempt you from trouble. It's just that when you go through your problems, you have a God that you can stand with knowing that he's right beside you. See, some people get all upset because we must understand that the blood affected everyone. The frogs affected everyone. Even the lice affected everyone. And we get upset because we got frogs in our slippers. We get out of bed and we got frogs jumping around. We got frogs everywhere. We're wondering, no, this was supposed to happen to the enemy. Why is this happening to us? My friend, you need to understand, even though you got trouble all around you, you need to trust in the God of your salvation. And so I want to show you in Bible here where the scripture gives a distinction in how these take place. So if you follow me in Exodus chapter number 7 verse number 21, look what the scripture says. It says, and the fish that was in the river died. This is speaking of the plague of the blood. And the river stank. That's my, one of my favorite words in scripture. It says, and the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river and there was blood look what it says throughout all the land of Egypt well pastor that doesn't say it affected uh, the people of God you need to understand that the people of God lived in Goshen well Goshen was in Egypt Goshen was not outside of Egypt Goshen was in Egypt so when it says it affected throughout all the land of Egypt that means Goshen was also affected by the blood so Exodus chapter number eight verse number six the scripture says and Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and look what it did and it covered the land of Egypt so it affected everyone that was in Egypt and then the scripture says in verse number uh 17 same chapter it says and they did so for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod smote the dust of the earth and it became lice in man and in beast and all excuse me all the dust of the land became lice throughout what all the land of Egypt do you see that there so it affected 
everyone. It did not matter. It affected everyone if you were living in Egypt. So don't get offended and don't think God has left you just because you're going through problems. Just because you're going through situations. God has not left you. We just need to understand that God has all things in control. But then there came a separation. The next plague was flies. There came a separation. The next plague was flies. So in Exodus chapter 8, the same chapter, go down to verse number 21. Now God says, I've allowed my people to go through enough. Now there's going to be a separation. He says, else, if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people. And to and into thy houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are in verse number 22 says and I will sever in other words he will divide he will pull apart and I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarm of flies shall be there to the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth verse number 23 and I will put a division between my people and thy people church you ought to be excited that you're on the Lord's side because no matter what you're going through there's going to come a time where God is going to put a division and show you that God has never left you so if you're in this place today can I pause here and just preach for a moment if you're in this house today and you think God has left you just stand strong just believe and know that God is still with you every step of the way so he puts a division and then there's livestock that comes next and then all the Egyptians livestock die but none of the Israelites livestock die then there's the boils there's horrible boils that break out on the people but none of God's people broke out with boils and then there's hail hail was coming down from heaven and the Bible says that these hail balls was mingled with fire now I cannot imagine that I've been I've been in some hail storms I've been around uh, where these things are coming down so hard it's ruining everything that is outside trees and branches are falling cars are being damaged homes roofs are roofs are being damaged uh, but I cannot imagine it being mingled with fire so that tells me anything that was unprotected would have died instantly you must think about that now people that were left outside slave people that were left outside livestock that they couldn't get inside the covering that means they were hit with that hail mingled with fire but none of God's people were affected and then there was locusts they were all affected but God's people was not affected and then the Bible says there was complete darkness for three days they said it was so dark you couldn't even see the person that was standing in front of you that's how dark it was they couldn't go anywhere couldn't move but the Bible says there was light over in Goshen all these things were taking place and so God says now I'm going to put a separation between my people and Pharaoh's people so that they know whose God is God so as we see here the first three plagues affected everything and everyone but the next six God said there's going to be a separation between me my people and the Egyptians but as we know there are ten plagues we only covered nine of them there 
was a tenth plague, and that tenth plague was the death of the firstborn. Now we must understand that it was not only the firstborn child, it was also the firstborn of the livestock. So it was the plague that took out the firstborn child and the firstborn of cattle. The last plague was the only plague that God required action. There was no other plague where God required action from anyone else, but on the last plague, he required action to take place. This is the only plague that required a level of faith. If you're with me, say amen. It's the only one that required a level of faith. And so this is very important because as the Lord began to deal with me about the spirit of Ramses, he began to say into my spirit that the spirit of Ramses will be defeated in this day the same way it was defeated in the days of Moses. How was it defeated in the days of Moses? They had to have unwavering faith that produced unwavering obedience. I'm going to say that one more time. They had to have unwavering faith in order to produce unwavering obedience. Where do you find that in scripture? I'll show you right now. Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 21. I sure hope y'all like Bible because I'm giving it to you tonight. Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 21. Look what the Bible says. It says, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. He says, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop. He didn't want him to run out. <laughs> take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. He says, and strike the lintel. That means the top of the doorpost. Strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And then here comes faith and obedience. Then Moses says something that is very critical to the people of God. He says, and none of you shall go out the door of his house until the morning. Moses gave simple instructions and said, once the blood has been applied, don't leave the house. Once you strike that blood, don't take any chances with no one. I don't care how bad you need to leave, stay in the house. I don't care what the children do, stay in the house. He said once it gets applied, stay in the house. That was the one thing they had to make sure they had to obey. That once that blood was applied, make sure that you stay in the house. Now, if there's one thing I can tell this church right now, once the blood has been applied to your life, the one thing I need to tell you is stay in the house. Because if we're going to defeat the spirit of Ramses, the only way it can be defeated is if you stay in the house. Because if they would have left the house, the same spirit, that death angel, that took out their children would have took out the people of God but I've come to preach to a group of people that have a mindset to stay in the house that you don't have a mind to go back in the world God has pulled you out of the world well I might preach to myself but I'm going to encourage myself God has pulled me out of sin I'm not going back to sin I'm going to stay in the house 
Hallelujah. That means it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to confuse me with. It doesn't matter if the bathroom is outside. I'm just going to hold it or I'm going to go pee in a corner somewhere because I'm staying in this house. If God told me to stay, then I'm staying in the house. You need to be persuaded that no matter what comes your way, you stay in the house. And there's people that are going to be persuaded by the spirit of Ramses that comes upon you. That's going to try to pull you out of what God has told you to stay in. But I've come to tell somebody, you better stay in the house. Once you've been applied, once that blood has been applied to your life, once you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you've been filled with his spirit. The blood has been applied to your life. It's been wiped over my head all the way down to my feet. You think I'm going to leave this house? The devil is a liar. God has brought me too far. He's done too much. He's brought me out. I'm staying in the house. I get excited in the house. I'll dance in the house. I'll rejoice in the house. I'm not leaving the house. Hallelujah. There's nothing out there that's worth pulling me out. There's not a girl. There's not a drug. There's not an alcohol. There's no sex. There's nothing that can pull me out of the house. Hallelujah. Can I dig here just a moment? I don't care how much you be offended, stay in the house. I don't care what happens to you, stay in the house. I don't care who comes across you, double cross you, talks bad about you, stay in the house. Because the devil will use anything he can to get you pulled out of the house. Because once you walk from under the blood, now spirit of Ramses can come and keep you out because then he'll tell y'all they didn't love you anyway they thought you thought you was love there because he'll use one voice one voice to try to trick you to try to play mind games with you to try to get you to think that nobody cares about you that is a lie from the devil Daniel God has done too much for you he's brought you too far and we love you too much God is here and I'm trying to get somebody to understand stay in the house because I got somebody under to the sound of my voice that's getting ready to leave out of the house but I want to urge you stay in the house stay in the house stay in the house don't leave the house If you're waiting for the climax of the message, we just hit it right there. Because we need to understand that I'm not leaving this house for no thing and nobody. Nobody's going to pull me out. Nobody's going to snatch me out. But I'm going to stay right here, firm and flat-footed. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand, Brother Mike. This whole church can walk out on me, call me a liar, call me a thief, call me a no good, dirty nothing. But I'm going to stay in the house. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Nothing is going to separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm saying, brother? I'm telling you, I'd rather be in the house than anywhere else. I'm telling you, that's why I dance in the house. That's why I worship in the house. That's why I pray in the house. That's why I lift him up in the house. Because I've got a desire to stay in the house. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to magnify the Lord. Because I love to be in God's house. Hallelujah. 
stay under the blood. It's the blood that keeps you. It's the blood that protects you. So stay under the blood. They had one thing to obey. Listen, there was one act of faith, one act of obedience. Faith, blood. By faith, when we get baptized in that water, we believe that our sins are washed away. Faith. Faith. Then the obedient part was stay in the house. Everything else they didn't have to do. God took care of it all. God did it all. He said, I'm going to put the separation. I'm going to put the division. I'm going to show you whose God is God. I'm going to prove the Pharaoh and everyone else that I've got control of everything. He allowed them to have fun just for a little while. You know, okay, you can turn it into blood. Go ahead. You can do that. I'll let you duplicate that. You can duplicate frogs. Go ahead. I'm going to let you duplicate that. But now there's going to come a separation. But then the very last thing, God said, now I want to see who's going to obey me now. Hallelujah. Now I want to see who's going to listen to me and apply the blood and then be obedient to me and stay in the house. And see, that's the most difficult thing that many of us struggle with. We struggle with just staying in the house. We don't struggle getting the blood applied. Oh, no, we'll be obedient to his word. Because if his word says repent, we'll repent. If his word says be baptized, we'll get baptized. But we struggle with staying in the house. We struggle with that. We have a hard time just being obedient, just staying in the house. I have found people, good people, that have just left the house. They're good people, but they've left the house. And when they left the house they left the presence of an almighty God and now they're wondering why are things happening to me that's never happened to me before because the moment you step from out under his covering now you're no longer covered by Jesus Christ we can't expect to do things in the world the way we want to do it and still have the blessings of God on our life yeah, I didn't get a lot of amens on that, <laughs> but I know I'm preaching the truth in here. You need to understand, stay under the blood. Stay under the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. Stay under the blood. How do you stay under the blood, preacher? That's a good question. Let me answer that. Every day when you wake up, you ought to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Every day before you go to bed, you ought to say, Lord, forgive me of the things that I've done. Lord, help me to be right, act right, live right, talk right. God, if there's anything that I've done that you're not pleased with please Lord forgive it because when I lay down I want to be under the blood and when I wake up I want to be under the blood so therefore when I come into God's house I'm excited just to be amongst his people in his presence stay in the house learn how to stay in the house learn how to worship in God's house learn how to give it all to him in God's house learn how to give it all to him no matter who's around no matter who's watching no matter what you have going on learn how to enjoy the house you've got to believe they put applied that blood and then they had to stay in there till morning that means they were in there just anxious they were probably a little worried they didn't know what was going on what was happening and you got to hear me now the deaf angel was going around killing all of the children 
So they heard the noise of the world. They heard mama screaming. They heard daddy's yelling. They heard things happening, wondering what is going on outside of the house. And see, curiosity will get you outside the house. If you hear the noise of the world, if you hear the partying in the world, if you hear the ruckus of the world, all of a sudden you want to go looking outside the God, you want to go looking outside the house? You better keep your head in the house. That's why we don't party like the world parties. That's why we don't go to these things like the world goes to. That's why we don't go to events like the world does. I don't care what party they got. I don't care what dance it is. If it's got worldly music, I'm not going to it because I'm staying in the house. But see, curiosity will have you out there looking and saying, man, that looks fun. Man, that, that looks good. Well, don't I, why don't I just try that one time? What is it going to hurt if I try it one time? Oh, come on, mom and dad. Let me go to this place just one time. All my friends are going to this club. Let me go to that club just one time. Let me go to this party one time. See that curiosity because they hear the noise in the world. But parents, you better draw a line in your household. If your children leave in your house, you better tell them, no, we stand in the house. I don't care what's going on in that world. We're going to draw lines in our sand and say I'm standing in the house amen because we better learn how to love the house learn how to worship in the house that's why I love that we're taking covenants that we're going to worship radically that we're going to submit radically that we're going to sacrifice radically because we need to be radical in everything that we do we need to be radical in our thoughts and radical in our actions and radical in our worship towards him I'm telling you church they had one thing to do apply the blood they had one thing to obey just stay under the blood and as long as they stayed under the blood, their whole house was protected. Their whole family was protected. I don't think you understand that. See, if, if you are the only believer in your household, so you don't know what salvation you're bringing to your household. You're frustrated because you're the only believer in your house and you're going through all these things. Trust me, I, I, I'm not saying it's not difficult. When you go home and no one else believes in a household, that is very, very challenging. But you just don't have any idea how the Lord is using you to bring salvation to your household. Okay, remember the jailer. When, 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 when at midnight, the Bible says Paul and Silas were pray, praying and singing praises unto the Lord, and, 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 a, and an earthquake happened, and, and all the doors flew open, lights went out, and the jailer was about to kill himself. He said, hey, don't do yourself no harm. We are all here. Now, that's a miracle in itself, because if I've been in prison for 5, 10, 15 years, even 5, 10, 15 minutes, if my door opens, I'm out. I'm out. You, you, you got to come chase me. Man, and so Paul says, hey, we're all here. We, we, we haven't left yet. And that jailer said, man, what must I do to be saved? He realized that the God of Paul and Silas was a real God that answered real prayer. What must I do to be saved? Paul said these words. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Listen, and your household. Now think about that now. One person cannot believe and you be saved and everybody else be saved. What the scripture is highlighting and bringing out because everybody has to believe for themselves. He said, if you believe, you will be saved and your household will be saved. Because Paul was trying to get them to understand, if you believe, you can bring salvation to your whole household. 
and because he believed they went back to the house Paul began to preach to them and at midnight everybody in the house got baptized I'm telling you my friend stay in the house no matter what you're dealing with and going through stay in the house clap your hands unto the Lord magnify the name of Jesus Let's stand to our feet all across this building. When you have a sincere desire to live for the Lord, you'll stay in the house. But the key is you have to be sincere about it. You'll stay in the house. No matter what comes your way, because difficulty will come. You'll have some blood in your river. You'll have some frogs that's jumping all around. You'll have some lice that is everywhere. You'll deal with some problems that you don't want to deal with. I don't want to deal with frogs. I don't want to deal with no lice. I don't deal with these complications. Why do we have to go through this when we're not the one in rebellion? Why do we have to go through this? I, I, I don't want to deal with this stuff. But you're going to have to go through things in life. But you got to stay in the house. And when you stay in the house, God will put a separation between you and everyone else. I don't know if I have a witness in here, but God has shown you throughout your life how God has put a separation in your life and the life of others. Just simply because you have stuck with Jesus Christ. You have stayed believing in him. That's what you've done. Come on, praise team. Don't, don't, don't wait on me. Just because you stuck with it, you've done it. You stayed in the house. And don't allow the noise that's in the world to pull you away from the house. Stay under the blood. If the blood's been applied to your life, stay under it. And stay in the house. Because your longevity by standing in the house will help you in so many ways. It will keep you from seen and unseen danger. It will help you in great ways if you just have a sincere desire to stay in the house. And someone here today needs to make that choice that I'm staying in the house. That I'm not going anywhere. The blood has been applied to my life and I'm going to stay under the blood because there's a spirit of Ramses that is very prevalent that is very strong in our world and it's going to do everything it can to deceive many remember the spirit of Ramses was stubborn cold hearted hard hearted stiff neck had no fear of God and we live in a world that has no fear of God they do whatever they choose to do, do whatever they want to do. No fear of God. No reverence of God. But you, my friend, you ought to stay in the house and make sure that you stay under the blood of Jesus Christ. Because it's the blood that's going to keep you. It's the blood that's going to see you through. It's the blood that's going to help you. It's the blood that reaches the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood. That is what helps you. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, the blood will cover you. 
as long as you stay in the house. Moses had one instruction. When you apply this blood, you better not leave this house. Because anybody that leaves the house, you're on your own now. You're on your own. And I'm trying to tell somebody right now, you better have a sincere desire to stay in the house. If that's your desire, lift your hands toward heaven right now. Say, Lord, give me that desire. 